Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance Hey, Shanghai Nation. Welcome to the show here on another Friday afternoon. Shanghai along with the coach with the most. Coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast. Because his favorite part of offense is, of course, the post. Coach Mike Jones. Real fast before we jump into the interview with our guest, if you're looking for some pro wrestling in the next couple of days, tonight, WCWO in Indianapolis, Indiana, as usual, FGW in Hamilton, Ohio, SOS in Tacoma, Washington, PWAS in Brownstown, Michigan, and PAPW in East Haven, Connecticut. Tomorrow night, Heroes and Legends in Sevierville, Tennessee, WTF in Carmel, Indiana, BTW in Wayne, West Virginia, TSW in Jellicoe, Tennessee, TPW in Knoxville, Tennessee, PWK in Decatur, Indiana, EPW in Odin, Indiana, CCW in Ocala, Florida, TASW in Waterbury, Connecticut, 907 in Anchorage, Alaska, VPW in Brewster, Maine, and MWA in Lincoln, Nebraska. But without further ado, I want to welcome our guest to the show today. Do we have with us Judge Jesse? We do. Hello. Well, Judge Jesse, thank you so much for being on the show today. We appreciate it. And being your first time with us, I will lead you off with a traditional first-timer question. What led to you getting into this wacky pro wrestling business? I don't know. I guess I just really liked it since I was a teenager. Uh, my favorite was Ron Garvin. Um, I was so happy when he won the world title, and I just I basically wanted the other people to feel that same way, uh, or at least you know be inspired or maddened or whatever it is you know by me by watching it. Um, yeah, so I got into it from there, I guess. Now, we don't see a lot of judges in pro wrestling, of course. Uh, you see that more with boxing. What led to you being a judge here in pro wrestling? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, you know, there are a lot of rule breakers and law breakers, obviously. But uh, basically what it boils down to is um, nobody really likes judges. So um, what easier way to to get the fans pissed off or whatever, because when, when you're in front of a judge, really you're there, something went wrong or it's a, it's about to go wrong. So um, like I said, who, who likes judges? Nobody. Fair enough. Now there was a TV show called night court years ago. And one episode featured one of the main characters, bull who is a bailiff getting into professional wrestling and becoming Bull the Battling Bailiff. Did you ever watch Night Court and get inspiration from Bull the Battling Bailiff episode? 
No, I, I, I used to watch that show. I, I liked it a lot, but I don't re- remember that episode. Um, and maybe subconsciously it was a uh, precursor to the judge. I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I don't remember that one. Classic episode. Uh, Bull ended up losing his only match because he didn't want to hurt anybody. So he got in the ring and decided <laughs> he didn't want to hurt his opponent, so he just left. Well, I, I get around that because I'm usually the guy that gets hurt gets hurt, so <laughs> I can get around not hurting anybody else that way, I guess. Now, in the last several years, we've seen a lot of pro wrestlers settle things in a courtroom. There's been a lot of judge TV shows where people basically go through arbitration with the judge. Our own coach, Mike Jones, has done this as well. What do you think it does to the wrestling industry when two parties in our business go to court, essentially, and legally handle things as opposed to the traditional I'll-see-the-ring way of handling it? Uh, it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what um, examples you're leading about, but... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I'd rather see it happen on the ring. I mean, obviously, it's where fans you know, can pay to see everything and just get hashed out without, you know, really, well, usually, without getting too hurt, I guess. Um, yeah, I, re- I really try to avoid the courtroom, ironically, because I am the judge, but... Now, we've had a guest on our show a few times. His name is Steve New, and he is a very well-known lawyer. Uh, He does a lot of advocacy for different causes. He helps uh, with wrongful injury cases a lot, but he also is a big-time sponsor of professional wrestling. He's handled a lot of wrestling-related lawsuits. Do you keep up with people like Stephen P. New that are well-known within the wrestling circles that do have a background in the law? Um, not really. Uh, that name does strike me as familiar, though. He was um, – was he in the promo battle a couple of years ago or going to be? It, that sounds a lot, like, really familiar to me. Uh, you may have heard him on podcast. He's a big sponsor of Jim Cornette's podcast. Okay. No, I haven't listened to uh, Cornette's podcast. Not that I have anything against him or anything. I, I mean, I thought he was fantastic as a manager back in the day, but um, but no, I, I'm not really familiar with his stuff. It, 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 just the name sounded familiar to me. I thought he was maybe in that in that promo. He, I mean, he is else. handling a lot of wrestling-related suits, so you may have heard it through that as well. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, my coach, the coach with the most, is standing by. I know coach has questions galore as well, so I will pass things over to the coach. Is that the coach with the most, the coast to coast, and something like that? You're going to be toast? Yeah, Judge Jesse, we meet meet again. You beat me in the famous promo battle. I think the judges are biased. The judges were biased because you were like a, a hometown hero over there. I guess. I mean, I didn't think I would be a hero, but uh, yeah, I, <laughs> that's the first time I've ever been described as a hero in the wrestling business. <laughs> well, I mean, 
you do have quite the rap, you know, so I didn't feel too bad, <clears throat> bad losing to you. Appreciate that. So, hey, who are some of your, her- your heroes growing up, whether it was wrestling, sports, or ordinary life? Um, I would have to say, like, in wrestling, it would be, like, Ron Garvin. He's, he's my, pretty much my all-time favorite. Um, you know, when I started watching wrestling in the mid-'80s, you know, he was he – was, he was he was never the guy per se, like the guy, but um I just I felt that I had a you know, he, he was basically my hero. Uh, Rock and Roll Express, Ron Garvin, um, Dusty Rose, guys like that I was more of an like NWA fan back in the day. Um as far as sports goes, I really didn't have like one particular sports star or anything. I just I followed the Packers, because uh, I'm in from that area. Um in life I would have to say my dad because he um, was in Vietnam and he got his foot blown off and he just, he never, you know, part of his foot anyway, he, they're able to reattach it, but he, uh, he never let it get, get him down. He always had a, a great sense of humor and everything. And I, I just tried to uh, emulate that somewhat, I guess, but. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're pretty witty, you know, um, I've got a few laughs out of here. I love your uh, promos you do. When you're uh, calling people out in the courtroom there. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, well, they deserve it. So So, what are some of the most memorable matches you've seen or been involved with? Um, I would say, like, the, the most recent one would be uh, if it's the Rock and Roll Express a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we came out on a losing, or I should say the, the short end of the stick right there. Um and actually, we're going to get our titles back at some point um, uh, with my Knight Court tag team partner, Damon Knight. Um, I've had a real bunch of ladder matches and things like that. Um, I had a, a Indian strap match where I was busted open pretty bad a few years back. Um, I can't really say like I saw anything in person like big, big time events. I did see um, a... Nitro back in Milwaukee where uh, um, a fan jumped the ring. That, that was kind of exciting. But, um, you know, nothing really memorable. I, I haven't seen any pay-per-view cards in, in person or anything like that. But All right. And then you got, you've been trained by some of the best trainers in the world. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I was trained at the Hart Brothers Wrestling Camp. Uh, that Keith Hart was the owner of that. And then uh, Ed Langley, and then a couple was the, the main trainer, and then the guys that had got in the ring with us all the time were Chris Jericho and Lance Storm. Uh, they're they're really the guys that like um, were hands on and, and showing us everything. So. And then, do you still talk to Lance and Chris very or uh, at all? No, I haven't talked to Chris. Uh, and that was probably maybe a year or two after the camp. It was over 30 years ago now. Um, I did talk to uh, Lance quite a bit. He used to go on uh, AOL Messenger. He was on there, and, I, and we were both on there, obviously, um, until about maybe 15 years ago. We kind of dropped off a little bit. So I haven't talked to him in, in, since then. And then what are some of the different characters you've uh, worked as besides the judge? Well, I started out as uh, Jazzy Jesse. And uh, actually, that's what originally what my name was going to be, and that's what it was in the camp. You know, that's what I called myself. Um, 
and I even like uh, sewed that name on the back of my tights and everything. Uh, went in the camp and uh, had one pro match as as Jazzy Jesse, and then I took four years off. Came back as Jumpin' Jesse, and it wasn't really going for me that much, but I did that for about a year. And then uh, Judge, like basically what I said earlier in the interview was, nobody likes judges. You know, this is going to really take off, and it did. So. Wow, and you've done pretty – About 24 years now as the judge. About 24 years now as the judge. Yeah, you've definitely been impressive. And who are some of your favorite people to work? Um. And I hate to, like, uh, this might be latency bias because it happened so recently, but uh, I really like working the Rockular Express, uh, even though um, things were a little sloppy towards the end there, and I, I take full credit for that. Um, but they they really know their stuff. I mean, you really don't realize until you're in the ring with them and you, and you see the way they prepare that um, they really know the ring psychology, and they're, they they do what they can to make the, the match and their opponents better. So uh, that, that was, uh, I love that. Um, let's see. I uh, was in the ring with Jake, the snake Roberts once. Um, and, and he seemed to uh, like my character and everything. Um, yeah. There, there's really no one person, but I, I basically, I, I try to take something from every opponent and everybody that I work with um, because, you know, we never stop learning. So, Definitely. And then I'm sure you've worked Chief Atacula Kula. I did. In, in his uh, 30th anniversary, uh, back about six years ago, he, we had a match. He, uh, he, is, he wrestles in Wisconsin a lot, and I do too. So um, he handpicked me as his opponent. So I, I thought that was a real honor. So Yes, for sure. And he's, he's an impressive character, man. Still going out there. Sounds like this might be his last go round, but yeah, what an honor! It is, it is, and uh, it'll it'll be sorry to see him go, but um, you know I can understand now. He's I wouldn't say he's getting up there in years per se because I'm not far behind him, but um, you know sometimes you know the business just wears you down. You know it just um, there there's a lot of people that don't appreciate you know the, the wrestling uh, of yesteryear and. Um, what people like myself and the chief can bring to the table. So I could see that how he might be a little bit discouraged, but, um, but he, he can still perform. So, I mean, you know, he's, yeah, he, I, I, like I said, he, it was a real honor to face him a few years back. For sure. And then did you play sports in high school and growing up? Um, a little bit. I was in track and field um, for a short time. I was in some wrestling, but not enough to be in any meets or anything. Um, I, you know, that was like already by then I was into the pro wrestling scene. I wasn't in it per se, but I was kind of disappointed that we weren't able to like suplex each other and pile drive each other. And I'm like, yeah, this is lame. I'm getting out. I wish I would have stayed in it because it would have given me a more <laughs> of a foundation and a base. But I mean, it's, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. All right. And what's your self defense background? I don't really have any. Um, I pretty much, um, uh, other than having, <laughs> having a younger brother and having to fight him all the time, um, and uh, you know our friends and stuff like that. We used to have wrestling matches like in the basement and everything, and it got pretty crazy. You know, we'd, we'd be fighting, you know, punching each other in the face, and 
um, you know, giving each other uh, like scissor holds and you know, trying to you know make it so they couldn't breathe. So I mean, it basically is just just trying to survive our family and our uh, and our friends. <laughs> the good old days, yeah. Oh yeah. All right, and then uh, so one of our main questions, I'm sure, sign guy would like to know what's your favorite coffee to drink. I don't drink coffee. I never, never did. Well, I do like some cappuccinos and mochas. I don't know if that counts, but yeah, just this coffee per se. I'm not a coffee drinker at all. We're getting that answer more, more often nowadays. Okay. Okay. So I thought I was in the minority. (laughs) Okay. Who, who were uh, some of your toughest opponents? Um, probably, um, I'd have to say like maybe, uh, stealth suicide. Um, he, he later went to, he's, he's long since retired now, I believe, but, uh, living in Florida, I think, um, but he, he later he used the name by Casey Styles. We used to go to war all the time. Like we'd uh, throw each other off of balconies and off of ladders. And this, there really wasn't anything that we wouldn't do to each other and ourselves pretty much. Okay, and then what are some suggestions you'd uh, give for people wanting to get into the business? Um, well, something that I didn't do, which I wish I would have, would be to, you know, if you're still in school, um, to, to get that base from professional, you know, to for amateur wrestling. Uh, that that really helps with um, conditioning um, and things like, you know, to be. Uh, Basically dedicated because um, my my from my training until the time when I got like really into the business was about six years and that that's a long time to not you know really use what you're you're given and what you're training from so um, just I guess just the, the dedication to make sure you you keep your base and your um, your core strength you know should be really good. Um, and it's really, I guess you can say the mental part is, is tough too. You know, if you're going to be traveling all the time, you know, you got to make sure that you're, it's not as quite as bad as it used to be, but um, you know, rambling here, but you know, I personally don't have oh, one right. specific thing here. Okay. And then what are some schools you'd like to suggest for people? Um, I don't know if Lance runs his school anymore up in Calgary. Uh, that would be a great place to do it. But um, basically, like just what I've heard, other schools like uh, ACWs, um, or not ACW, but um, uh, Ken Anderson's school, he's uh, got some people like uh, Sean Devari, I think, is in there. Molly Holly, uh, they're out of Minnesota. Um, Kane, you know, uh, uh Glenn Jacobs, and I think um, Tom Pritchard is involved with that, so that would be a great school. I mean, I've heard of some great guys coming out of there. Um, There's a couple off the top of my head, really. Okay. And then, so what other places besides Wisconsin have you worked? I wrestled in uh, Michigan, uh, Illinois, Iowa, and Minnesota. Okay. I was never really like a, a travel guy. Like that was one of the things that I never really liked traveling all them, or at least not the constant travel, which 
you know, used to be a, a big hallmark of the business where you were traveling four or five, you know, shows a week and all that stuff. I, I, I would never have been able to do that. Okay. Because I was going to say it'd be nice to see you in Indiana someday. Maybe you get over there to Heroes and Legends or Buck Sexton runs a good good uh, league over there also. Indiana, is it? You wrestle there a lot, or I thought you were in the uh, well. I'm out. Of, we're out of Washington. We're out of Washington, but we we go to Heroes and Legends, Legends every so often. Okay, so um, yeah. that would be um, uh, Jason Maples runs that, right? Yes, yes. Uh, now yeah, I was on a show with him. I was on a show with him back in 1999 um, when UPW started up in, in the uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and he did um, suggest that I would go down there for his shows. Um, I forget what they were called back then, but um, EWF, I think. Uh, but um, it was like I said, the, the travel. It was. was I, I, I would be more into the idea now than I used to be because, like I said, I never really liked to travel, and now that I have a, a traveling partner, that would be better, but uh, yeah, definitely I would, I would have to look into that. Yeah, you guys are definitely an impressive tag team. Tell us a little bit about your partner. Uh, Damon Knight, um, he's basically, I, I'm not sure if I can really describe his style, but um, whereas I have him more of a uh, scientific style, somewhat like a scientific heel style, and a every once in a while I'll throw a, a couple of high flying moves in there. But he's more of a bruiser. He'll he just assume uh, you know slam you and suplex you and pound you to the mat rather than you know my style. But um, I think we complement each other okay. Um, you know we still got a, 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 in my opinion a ways to go before we get to where we want to be. But yeah, we're improving every match, and I think we're. We're getting pretty good. Okay, right on. And then I just got no- noticed that Heroes and Legends have moved to Tennessee. Oh, wow. Is that close? Okay. Is that, is that no, close that's to farther. Wisconsin? No, that's farther. <laughs> okay, no. Yeah. I haven't been to Tennessee yet, though. No. Okay, what do you got coming up? Uh, well, the the only – well, the closest thing on my schedule right now is um, August 27th in Iron Mountain, Michigan, and that's where Damon and I face uh, – well, we're going to face, I think, um, uh, Kaz Carter and Rough Rider Rashawn in a tournament to get back the UPW Tag Team Championships that you know, the Rock and Roll Express stole on their way out of town. So uh, we're going to get those back, I think. Okay. And how do people get a hold of you? Uh, they can get a hold of me from uh, – I'm on YouTube, uh, Judge Jesse on there. Twitter is Jesse Judge on there, and uh, Facebook and all the other ones. I'm not on like Instagram and things like that, but I am on Facebook as uh, Judge Jesse on there too. So, all right, cool. Yes, it's been an honor to have you on. I'm sure Sign Guy has some more questions. Um, all right. I wish you all the le- all the luck in the world, brother. I really appreciate it, and thanks again. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Well, Judge Jesse, what would you say at this point? We know you haven't been to Tennessee, but what's the longest trip that you've had so far? Um, Probably, I think, it would be the western Minnesota. um, Redwood Falls, I think it was. um, This was probably over 20 years ago now, I think. 
Oh, for someone that might be new to pro wrestling that hasn't made it out very much, what are some of the tips you would give a young wrestler as far as travel and what to do to make sure you have a successful trip? Um, I think like the the, be- the best way to go is with uh, with partners, um, somebody to bounce ideas off of, uh, somebody to help you keep your spirits up and things like that nature. Um, and in my case, like because I am a very bad like driver when it's long distances or at night, like I get really sleepy. Um, just to have somebody there to talk to and somebody to keep you awake, you know, if, if you know if you're if you get a long drive, um, that, that's really it for me. Um, yeah, but like like I said, the, the 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 biggest thing I think is just having somebody that's good to to travel with. Now, for a lot of wrestlers, one of the more important investments that they can make is in a gear bag because that's going to house everything they need for a show. It's what they keep the tools of the trade in, basically. As someone that's had a lot of experience, what suggestions would you have for a gear bag, be it a brand, be it accessories that it should have, things of that nature? Um, For myself, really the only thing that um, I make sure I always pack is, um, you know, obviously, you know, a bunch of clean socks, um, but, you know, the wrist tape, uh, knee pads, just – try to make sure like I even if you have to have like an actual physical checklist of everything because you know there's something you're going to forget like I forgot my boots one time and I had to borrow somebody else's um you know but like I I actually have two gear bags now because I have one for my boots and my pads and then other ones are actually my my actual gear gimmick so um but 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 for myself um you know my gavel and my wig and my robe and, and my book are strong elements of my character and my gimmick. So I, I, I can't, you know, I can't go home without those, obviously. One of the things that we know in wrestling is that, especially at the independent level, the quality of the wrestling rings can vary greatly. There's such a wide variety in materials and dimensions and so forth. Some rings are made very, very well and are well-maintained. Other ones are like a death trap when you get in there. What would you say in your career has been the best physical ring where you've wrestled? Um, It depends on... A couple of factors like there's rings that are great to take bumps in but they're too small like i've actually wrestled in uh, i think 14 or 16 foot 14 i think size rings and that's that's probably too small but it was a great bump ring you know it's it was like landing on a cloud but it looked it was looked way too small um so i would say something like in a 14 foot range or 16 to 18 foot range uh where it's not like a 20 foot where you have to take that extra step or two um, and it's not hard as a rock. I've wrestled, <laughs> I've wrestled on a few hard rock rings. I'm sure that you've seen that or felt that yourself. Um, I don't know how. It's, now, have you, uh, Sonny Guy, have you been in the ring at all and taken bumps and things like that? Most definitely, yes. 
Yeah, so you know that yeah, a hard ring you're going to feel the next day. Yes, sometimes in the next gonna, week. <laughs> right, exactly. There's sometimes where I couldn't, I couldn't uh, turn my neck for about a week. So, um, yeah, so definitely is that we've I've wrestled on rings with springs, um, and I don't think that really makes any difference. Um, it's just one more thing to, you know, basically just lug around pretty much. Um, there was a there was one ring that I wrestle on uh, about every couple of months that it, it seriously takes six or seven guys to like just to move the side rails on it. It's so it's so heavy. Um, try to avoid something like that. <laughs> I'm guessing they try not to use that ring if they have a venue that's on a second floor. That's right, and we we have had to yeah you know <laughs> I've had to. Uh, lug it around these, you know, the, the stairs are, you know, like they go up one and then they go, like I have a platform and then they go back the other way. So yeah, it's, it's very tough. One of the jobs in pro wrestling that a lot of wrestlers will gravitate towards when their time is through as an entering competitor is commentary is Commentary, something that you've ever considered, especially sort of being a judge, you might see it appropriate to do commentary and sentence out what you see the wrestlers doing? I've thought about it. I mean, I've actually done it uh, two or three times. Um, it's it's actually harder than it sounds or harder than it looks. Um, I personally, um, that's not something that I'm really dra- drawn to. I, I would probably consider um, managing or even running my own show at some point. Um, and yeah, nothing against commentary, definitely, but it, it's just, I don't think it's just my bag. Now, have you ever been asked by any companies to do special guest commentary before? Um, not really. It's just something to, to as a fill in pretty much like if I, if I, they're taping something for YouTube or, or Twitch or whatever like that. They've asked me a couple of times, and, um, and and I've done it. But it's like I said, it's not really anything that I'm, um, one, good at, and two, really interested me all that much. It is important, though. It definitely can be. In the era that we are in... A lot of companies in recent times have tried live commentary over the PA system, uh, whether it's because they're trying to reproduce what fans experience watching on TV or if it's to try to educate a newer fan base or if the promoter just likes having constant sound going on during his matches. For whatever reason, a lot of companies have gravitated towards it. It's sort of a hot-button issue on both sides. A lot of people like having live commentary. A lot of people detest it. Where do you stand when it comes to the live over PA commentary? I've been on a couple shows with that, and I can't say that I'm totally against it, but I, um, for, for me personally, it just seems kind of hokey. Um, especially if say like there's a run in and somebody's you know hitting the ring. Well, 
And if they're announcing that, well, why wouldn't you just hear that and look and hey, here, there's the guy right there, you know? <laughs> For sure. Well, we have a game we like to play on the show. We call it Word Association. I'll throw out the names of some people that hopefully you have come across in your career, and the first word or two that comes to mind is the answer. Are you prepared for Uh-oh. some word association? Uh-oh. I'll try to be gentle. Here we go. <laughs> Bruce on. Hart. Bruce Hart. Um, I haven't met him, but, um, yeah, he was the guy that I was actually going to be in the training camp with, and I couldn't get enough money in time. So um, I was looking forward to it, but, unfortunately, things didn't work out. Keith Hart. Keith Hart, um, and I only met him about twice. Uh, in Jericho's book, he does mention him as coming in uh, when they were trained uh, the first day to collect the money, and like basically the last day, I think he came in, and pretty much the same thing for us too. So like we we barely saw him. Damon Knight. Damon Knight, uh, great friend and uh, somebody that has. Um, kind of turn my eye or turn my uh, thoughts around on tag team wrestling per se. I was never, and I'm still not a real tag team wrestler per se, but I'm willing to give this as much a shot as we can get it. And I have to go as far as we can go. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, a classic entertainer, always um, reinventing himself. Uh, and he is really a funny guy in person. Ken Anderson. Ken Anderson, uh, he's another guy that I uh, used to work with uh, about 20-some years ago or so. Um, just it's a re- just a real down-to-earth guy. Ricky Morton. Ricky Morton. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, what can I say? I mean, he's he really is like the consummate baby face. Like he is when we were facing him, he was basically a ring general, and I never picked up on that by watching his matches. But you really feel it when you're in there. Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, it's still going. Uh, I give him a lot of credit for turning his life around, and it, it's I'm really glad to see it. I. I don't really have a lot of interaction with him, but um, yeah, he was he was one of my favorites growing up, so it, it's good to see him on the right track. Or just Jimmy Garvin. Jimmy Garvin. Jimmy Garvin and Precious. Yeah, I, I used to like those guys. Um, yeah, I don't know. I He had basically, I mean, a lot of charisma, and he... Um, yeah, I guess that's all I can really say about him. A lot of charisma. Last name on the list, Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, another guy that, you know, everybody has respect for him. Um, he's, how can he still be at it at this level for doing it for, what, 34 years, I think? It's, it's incredible. Now, when you see guys like a Jake Roberts or a Dustin Rhodes or even a Chief out of Kula Kula that have been wrestling for 35, 40 years, sometimes more than that, do you think that they're 
is something to that that today's younger wrestlers may not have because we're seeing careers that last maybe 10 to 15 years tops before guys are having to retire, it seems like. Uh, well, back in the day, they really didn't take as many hard falls and uh, and uh, intricate maneuvers and, and basically landing on your head and her neck and head every every show like five or times six times a match. So um, that that might be part of it, like where they uh, they're ju- more judicious, let's say, uh, back in the day of what they should do. Um, yeah, I, I guess you, you just really take less bumps, uh, use the more entertaining aspects of the business. Um, and you'll, you can last for a long time if you do that. As someone that has experience, when you're at shows and you see some of the younger wrestlers, who are some of the guys that are relatively new that you think might carry the load as the superstars of the next decade. Um, I well, the first guy that comes to mind for me would be uh, Joey Jet Avalon. Um, unfortunately, he's I think in his mid thirties, so um, a lot of companies might not give him you know as, as much of an opportunity uh, as they might if he was younger. But uh, he he's at the top of my list. If I want to show, he he would be on it definitely. Um, uh, Cal Hero, he's in uh, OVW right now. Um, I don't really know a lot about him, but he's, you know, he's he's got a lot of tools. Um, uh, yeah, there was just a couple of names off the top of my head right now. Oh, um, uh, Drake Daniels, I think he might be good. Uh, he's got a, a good um, amateur wrestling background and. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Scott Steiner, and he he would probably appreciate that because Scott was basically his his idol. So, uh, we talked a little bit earlier about you being in a tag team and like having partners and so forth. When you approach a tag match instead of a singles match, do you? Personally, have a different mindset going into things as far as what you do to prepare, maybe the style of wrestling you do. Um, I I would say yeah, I do because um, I kind of wrestle in a somewhat different style than you see at least in in my area in the Midwest a lot. Uh, with when you have you know your scientific heel that actually does take a lot of high flying bumps and things like that. Um, uh, there usually is a clash of style somewhat with my tag team partner. So um, we're still trying to nail that down, like as far as what our style truly is. And we really don't even have like a finishing move yet. And we're still trying to work on that. So um, yeah, it's, it's, let's say it's just a work in progress. But we're on, we're on the upswing, I would say. If you had to explain to the listeners what your tag team basically was style-wise by comparing other tag teams, be it past teams or current, what would you use to describe yourselves? 
Um, probably like the Andersons. Um, we really just try to keep the guy on the mat, ground and pound pretty much. Um, uh, throw some uh, suplexes and slams in there. Scientific. That would really the Andersons are the first thing that come to mind for me. Are we talking Ole and Gene? No, more of Ole and Arn. I've, I'm not okay. familiar with Gene's work. I started watching wrestling after Gene, um, but like I, I was a big NWA fan back in the like say '85, '86 is when I really started watching wrestling a lot. And they, they were really the, the measuring stick, in my opinion. They were very good, for sure. So pro wrestling right now is probably the most viewed that it has been as far as fans that are not at the arena live. Uh, you have YouTube, you have IWTV you have powerbomb.tv. You have wrestling on several different channels, uh, WWE on Fox and USA Network. You have AEW on TNT and TBS. You have Impact on Access TV. You have Ring of Honor still on Sinclair channels. Do you think that, it is more important now to learn to wrestle for the television cameras than it is for wrestling in front of the live crowd, or do you think it is still more important to wrestle for the fans in attendance more so than the TV cameras? That's a great question. Um, I think you've got to find a fine line to do both. Um, the wrestling for the fans in the arenas um, really have to be more physically expressive. Like you have to be able to make sure that the fans, you know, you've probably heard this before the fans in the back row have to be able to like tell what you're doing. Um, Whereas when you're wrestling for the TV cameras, you know, they're going to capture your emotion in your face more. Uh, You want to make sure that you face the hard camera because, you know, that's where everybody, that's where basically the main, you know, action is supposed to happen. Um, I haven't had a lot of TV experience. I've, I've been on it a few times, but not anything where they even, even have like a, a hard camera. So, um, but there, there, yeah, there's got to be a fine line. You, you, you play to the, the hard camera, but you do it in the way so that, like I said, everybody in the back row can see you too. Now, when you have younger wrestlers come up to you seeking advice or wanting feedback for what they're doing, how much of the judge actually comes out uh, when doing that? Do you kind of have more of a judging attitude on what they do wrong or do you sort of look at more of the positives and work from there? How do you do that when approached by the newer guys? I, I try to be a little bit, um, have a little bit of a mix. I mean, I'm not, I'm never too critical uh, because I realize that, you know, I've made a lot of the same mistakes that they did. And sometimes I even make some of the mistakes that you know, I still, sometimes I still do make some of those same mistakes. Um, I, I try to keep it pretty much light, but um, just 
when it comes to safety and things like that, where, you know, if the guy is dropping somebody on the head or, um, you know, drop me on the head, things like that, obviously you got to be more stern with them. But uh, again, at the same time, you, you want, you don't want to like run them out of the business or anything like that. Um, I never am the person to say, man, you shouldn't be in this business, you know, get out and things like that. I, I'm really more supportive than anything else I would say. Now, if it helps, Ed Wiskowski used to say whenever a wrestler would say, excuse me, Mr. Wiskowski, did you see my last match? He'd respond with, I sure hope so, kid. <laughs> wow. <laughs> is that, um, is that, uh, oh, I'm trying to blank. Is that Crew the Beers? Okay, yeah. yeah. I really thought he was a great heel. Absolutely. I know you haven't toured exclusively like past the Midwest or so, but wrestling has opened its doors internationally for independence more than any time I can recall, uh, especially right before the pandemic doors were open to go to Japan, to Mexico, to Puerto Rico. Did you ever consider venturing out to other countries to try to wrestle? I thought it would be cool uh, earlier in my career to go to Japan. Um, I used to watch like a lot of New Japan stuff. Um, used to watch, uh, well, like when Chris and, and uh, Lance and guys like that uh, did their tours and stuff like that, that naturally made me want to check things out more. Um, but that, that's not quite so much anymore. But I think it would be fun to like, uh, do some of the Canadian indies and things like that. I know a couple of guys up there that, have, have run shows um, possibly Europe, but um, you know, there's still a lot of the United States that I haven't even traveled yet. So, A lot of people have a career goal of getting to all 50 states. If you had to pick one state where you've not wrestled yet that would be your ultimate place to go, which state would it be? I wouldn't say my ultimate, but I for some reason, and I don't even know why, but I think it would be really cool to wrestle in Alaska. Um, maybe it's just because I, I think that's like a beautiful part of the country and, and the world, or if it's, um, you know, if they are starved for entertainment there, because I wouldn't assume that a lot of like major acts or wrestling groups go up there. So I think that would be pretty cool, but um yeah, like I said, I wouldn't consider it my dream destination, but I, I think it'd just be really neat. Uh, they actually have a couple promotions in Alaska. One of them brings in, I'd say, probably three quarters of the roster that have been on television with the major national groups. So there is wrestling okay. up there. They are thriving, doing very well. Okay. Sounds cool. You will have to check them out. Absolutely. If you ever want to try, you let me know. I will give you the names of the proper people. Sounds great. Another aspect of wrestling that people will often gravitate towards at some point in time or another is the booking end of the business. It's often 
often the most thankless of positions in the business. It's often the hardest. Have you ever worked much as or given thought to working as a booker? I've done it for a couple of shows, and like you said, it is a tough job. Um, I didn't get a lot of criticism for what I did because basically it was only for a couple of matches here and there, like uh, Royal Rumble-style matches where you know the, the guys kind of needed some assistance or guidance, I should say, on and how to set that match up. But um, and uh, to be honest with you, that's one of the reasons why I haven't started my own wrestling group is you know the, the thankless nature of you know. Well, you know, I should be in there with this person, you know, I'm going to win or, you know, just this, this, all the, the BS stuff that comes with politics and wrestling, you know that. Most definitely. Well, we are getting down to the last part of our show, and I want to make sure there is plenty of time for you to plug, promote, say anything you would like to the listeners. So, Judge Jesse, the floor is all yours. All right. Um Basically, if you come to see a Judge Jesse match and a Damon Knight and Judge Jesse match, that is Night Court, um, I really, like, it doesn't matter if there's three people in the audience or 3,000. I really try to make sure that we do the best we can to entertain you, the fans. Um, and I sometimes, you know, I even throw in some things there in there that you've never seen that you might never see again. And sometimes that's for good reason. <laughs> But, um, yeah, really, I, I just, like I said, I try to entertain everybody, and um, Damon Knight and I, I think we're going to be going places here soon, and if you uh, are on our YouTube Night Court page, Judge Jesse page, on my uh, Twitter and uh, YouTube pages as Judge Jesse, um, I'll try to keep those updated more, and you can see out where we're going and where we're headed. Well, Judge Jesse, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Hopefully our paths will cross at some point, and best of luck to you as you continue with your career. Thank you very much. Uh, that time just flew by. Absolutely. Thanks, You're welcome brother. back anytime. Just let us know. All right. All right. Well, Coach Mike Jones, I'm sure you have some things you want to plug, promote, so why don't you go ahead with that? Yeah, you can check out the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast tomorrow with myself, Sunny Days. I got sign guy Jason Amos on there. And Jeff the G will be doing some pro wrestling, the Seattle Mariners and the Cincinnati Reds organizational reports, and I'll be doing the MMA report. And also we might have a few surprises, but you can check me out also at the Coach with the Most also, Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews. And also, if you need a tow in the Northwest, get a hold of Big Boys Towing and tell them Coach Mike sent you. And then don't forget to check out Sign Guy's Sign of the Times also. He just drops 580-538. Yes, I did the McHale's Navy Edition. Yes, it was good. Now, Coach, what do you think was wrong with that sickly-looking tree? I I think it's just getting old, and it hasn't been watered. 
The Maybe I'm still waiting on the word back from Beast Barnett, my botany expert. So hopefully he'll get back to me so we can report on that. Yeah, he never uploaded those seven songs I requested either. He's been he's been slacking. He's a very busy man, so you know, he he is. Don't count him out just yet. I still got a size. 4X Turnbuckle Turmoil shirt. I sponsored him because we appreciate all his work he does. Absolutely. It's tough being a botany expert. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Coach, right, I do so have some IBLSN. You want to hear the IBLSN? Sure. We have locked in all of the people for the theme month in August that Sabotage Styles demanded we do. He demanded Beast Month. You know how Sabotage Styles is when he demands something. We now have all yeah. beasts in play. So coming in August the 7th, we have Mr. Beast, who is a former NBA player turned professional wrestler. We have on the 14th, the Beast from the Middle East, Ali Farhat. We have on the 21st, Man Beast. And then rounding out on the 28th, the aforementioned Dave the Beast Barnett. Sweet. And then we'll be filling filling in the rest of August soon. We have the rest of August all inked in. We do. So. Okay. Coming up in August, we have Jacob Ratliff on the 5th. Andrew Sowell on the 12th, the return of the unforeseen sensational Perez on the 19th, and then the 26th, as a suggestion from Chris Marks, Odd Gimmick Day. We'll be discussing odd gimmicks that have come through the doors of professional wrestling. Okay, right on. What about telling people about the rest of July? For the rest of July, I have that here. This coming Sunday on Turnbuckle, we have the return of Jason Stone out of the great state of New York. A week from this very day, Vince Steele, the 17th, Eric Wright, 22nd, Chet Ripley, 24th, Rachel Armstrong, the 29th, by request of a long-time listener, Megamondo. And then the 31st, Tim Porras, referee out of Ohio. Right on. Speaking of Ohio, right now at Great America Ballpark, they are currently playing. The uh, Tampa Bay Rays are in Cincinnati. And that looks like a tough matchup. Uh, Cincinnati has Luis Castillo on the mound. He's had a pretty good year so far. His ERA is at 305. But Tampa Bay has one of their aces on the mound, McClanahan. And he's got a 174 ERA, so that looks like a tall order for the Reds there today. It is. Hopefully they will overcome that tall order and pick up the W. Yes, and the Mariners finally got to 500. It took them 84 games get to get to 500. They're 42 and 42 now. We got George Kirby on the mound. We're hosting the Toronto Blue Jays. 
which it's man, it sucks that there's a uh, like a third of the crowd is is Blue Jays fans in T-Mobile Park there. So hopefully we can win this game again. We won yesterday eight to three, and uh, yeah, it looks like a tough matchup today. How it is there in fact gorgeous Michelle Starr. Yes, I heard he was going to be going to the games, yes. Very nice. So if you see a guy walking around the mobile park of tea in a pink feather boa, it may well be gorgeous Michelle Starr. Definitely. Yeah, you know, uh, back in the day, he got banned from many arenas from his gay antics. Uh, Who knows if they would ban him nowadays because, you know, it's more accepted. Possibly, possibly. Now, did you know that the very first time I ever met gorgeous Michelle Starr, we were at the SeaTac airport. We were both headed to Anchorage, Alaska for the old APW promotion. He recognized me straight away, called me over. We had a nice little chat, and we were on the same plane to Anchorage. Nice. And so you're, and then, of course, you're on the same show. How'd that show go? The show went very well. Uh, gorgeous Michelle Starr wrestled Michael Madness, and I believe that was the semi-main event. I officiated a few matches that day, including the Libyan Nightmare J.B. Payne versus Sarge Max Steel, and the dastardly Mike Sauce tried to interfere in that match, but it didn't work. Okay, right on. All right, well, yeah, I got to get going. I appreciate uh, you uh, in today's show and having Judge Jesse on, and hopefully um, we'll have a good show tomorrow. I'm sure we will, and hopefully the the Reds and the Mariners can win today. Hopefully so. Now, Coach, are you going to head over to the mobile park of T wearing your Blue Jays uniform? I don't have any Blue Jays uniforms. Just Mariners. Oh, wow. Well, I thought maybe you were going to sneak in and be part of the bigger part of the crowd. No, no, no. No, I'd be booing those guys. Oh, wow. You don't want to boo a Blue Jay. They're a mean bird. (laughs) All right. All okay, right, well, brother, we'll be back so Sunday afternoon with Jason Stone. He has a big announcement to make from what I am told, so we await that. So we will have him, and then one week from today, Vince Steele will be joining us, longtime veteran out of the northeast part of the country. So make sure to join us. Make sure you message Sabotage Styles and thank him for what has become Beast Month next month. I'm sure Stomp and Steve will be working feverishly on a flyer in the next couple of weeks. But until then, everybody stay safe out there. Get out, support your local independent professional wrestling, wherever it may be. And we will talk to you soon.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.